Well, we're doing our cheesy wave. Hi, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Um, so what are we doing? We interviewed Sophia Carey, who is one of our front ambassadors and just all round amazing photographer. Uh, we spoke to her, what, a week or so ago? A couple of weeks yeah. ago. Just talked to her about her journey from, well, starting working as a photographer to where she is now, just working full time as uh, professional photographer as well as um, some of the other stuff she does, like street work and things like that. She's kind of living the dream, isn't she? Yeah, never never had a proper job. Which is pretty yeah, I know. Yeah. Living the dream of us all. Yeah, yeah. So some good bit of inspiration there for anyone wanting to get started as a, as a photographer. Spoke to her about being an ambassador for Fran. Um, and... She's really excited about it, wasn't she? So she should have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I can't remember what else we talked about, but um, it's probably some interesting stuff in there. Well, I think it was cool to, without kind of giving too much away, it was nice to hear her kind of work process because obviously she's into photography as a hobbyist, but she also gets paid for the stuff she does as well. Um, so it was nice to find out a little bit more of how she manages her workload, how she organises her time, how she actually gets the jobs. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting talking to her as well about the, uh, like, product photography that she does, like, just yeah. a simple little setup, how you can make money from doing that kind of thing. So that was cool. Um, so, yeah, that's coming up in a minute. What else do we, anything else we want to say? I've got a haircut, managed to get a haircut. Nice, I need one of them. <laughs> Not long now. Shops open again soon, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You've got a shirt. That's nice. Come straight from the other. Yeah. This, this is my working from home attire. That's it. <laughs> this is my work. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, 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 do, what can we talk about front, front wise? Uh, we're still building it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're making, we're making good moves. We, you know, we're, we're on track still. Um, yeah, can't give too much away, I guess. We're a bit working on all the features that we're, we're excited to announce some of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we've got some more podcasts that we've already recorded and we've got planned to get recorded with some familiar names that we yeah. keep shouting out, so that's good. Yeah, and then uh, between uh, now and um, a week or so, for when the next episode comes out, we're going to answer any questions like listener questions yeah. anyone's got so if anyone wants to ask us anything um put something in the comments or message us on instagram you can ask us anything you can ask us about front uh or you can ask us about whatever like it doesn't even have to be photography related ask whatever <laughs> if you're interested in our opinion about something we know our last podcast was a little bit about me and luke and how we got into photography and how we met and how the idea of front kind of came around but yeah so we are getting a lot of questions and i mean we'll probably post something on instagram soon you know a little question thing and we'll save those up so we can answer some of those in that podcast yeah 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 keep an eye out yeah as a little reminder um and then and then drum roll please we'll tell them a little bit about the upcoming giveaway slash competition it's yeah. more of a giveaway isn't it 
uh, what's the difference? As now, I feel like a competition. You have to do something for it. Yeah. This one, this one is just out of the kindness of our hearts. Yeah, yeah we, we've got we've got another giveaway coming up soon. Um, so if you're not already, give us a follow on Instagram and yeah, stay tuned on there because we'll post something and it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cool prize. So um, yeah, yeah, stay yeah. tuned. For that. That's it really, isn't it for now? This is Sophia. Follow her on Instagram, follow her on YouTube, and um, but yeah, watch this first and then go do those things. Yeah, all the links will be below of our website, her Instagram account, and how you can join Front, um, register to our mailing list, and all that good stuff. Yeah, cool. Cool, enjoy. First thing I was going to ask you is how much does it annoy you if someone calls you Sophie rather than Sophia? Okay. I don't know if it annoys me anymore because I'm just so used to it that like if I'm in a room and someone says Sophie, I know they're talking to me. So yeah, like all through uni and stuff like that, if someone said Sophie, everyone in the room knew that it was me. So I just answer. (laughs) I felt so bad when I called you Sophie at the start. I was like, it's not... (laughs) But I, to the point where I was like, was that an autocorrect or did I intentionally say that? And then I realised, but I'm glad you're still sorry to us after that. <laughs> no, I really don't mind. I don't mind. I think it's very easy to like autocorrect someone's name. And it's also really easy to just misread it. So I'm not too fast. It's, it's good. You're still in my good books. Yeah, you put all <laughs> the excuses in place for me there. Yeah, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you got into photography then. Like, so where it started, how the interest started or photography for me is like a really difficult one to kind of pinpoint where exactly it started Um, I'd always been really interested in photography and kind of films and I always liked kind of visual arts Um, I studied graphic design at college and at uni so that was kind of my educational background Um, yeah at college I studied media studies I studied graphic design and I studied business and During that kind of time, I bought a camera to kind of support my design work. Um, I didn't want to buy all of like the stock images and stuff like that. So I thought I'll just, I'll go out and take photos of doors and use them in my work and stuff like that. And so that's what I did. And I bought a camera, started using it like that. And then I started to go to like, like hip hop and grime events and like stuff like that around where I lived and shoot behind the scenes and live music. And yeah, it kind of went from there. Then I went to uni to study graphic design, which is why I moved to Manchester. And because I'd moved to Manchester, I left my job. So then I was just supporting myself through photography and it became, you know, a career rather than a, a hobby. I know you're in Manchester now, but where is it you're from before then then? Yeah, I'm from South London, so I'm from just outside of Croydon. Yeah, so I live in Manchester. I'm not at uni anymore, but I just stayed here because it's a lot cheaper. Because <laughs> um, I know uh, that you go to London quite a lot, don't you, to shoot? Um, yeah, so I'm actually going tomorrow. Um, I'm back down tomorrow. I go back. Well, my family still live there, so I go back a couple of times okay. a month. You did a load of uh, like shooting gigs and club nights and stuff like that. Do you still, well, obviously not at the moment, but... Is that, do you still do that in theory? And will you go back to doing that? Um, Yeah, but I think that's something I shoot more for myself than I shoot for Mm. like clients. Um, I kind of just like to take my camera to gigs and things like that. It's a great way to kind of meet people I find. Um, 
it's kind of how like I started because I was taking photos of people and like 16 year old me was too nervous to go up and like talk to them but I would like message them afterwards and be like oh I took a photo of you last night and do you want it and shall we shoot and stuff like that and um it's a good way of kind of networking I guess inadvertently that's great it takes like a lot of courage to go up to someone and just say like can I take a photo of you please and they're always like oh why I'm like oh you know I, I document nights like this and it can be yeah. awkward can't it? usually like especially if you're on a night out someone's a little bit tipsy it tends to make it a lot easier doesn't it yeah yeah no it can be awkward but I feel like like you said like if you've had a drink or something like that and you're actually enjoying the night then it makes it a little bit easier <laughs> for sure I bet you find a lot of people who are quite like up for having their photo taken at things like that as well like I think it was like years ago wasn't it like you'd get a lot and maybe it still happens but a club night would upload loads of photos to their Facebook group and you'd go in and tag yourself and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think as well, because it was mostly like the musicians that I was taking photos of, like generally they like to have photos for themselves because it's good for their social media. It's good, like for your ego, I guess. <laughs> it's just say, good yeah, to have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I like having my photo taken. Yeah, for that reason, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to see how cool I look afterwards. And then uh, you generally wouldn't, but, you know. Was, was it something that kind of, like, when you got into photography, like you said, you did it, did it at college and then uni. Was it something, because obviously when you started it, it was you were doing it for, like, media studies or whatever it was. Were you kind of instantly hooked on it and then that kind of took over? Or was it something that you just kind of did as and when? I think it was something that I was like doing more and more of by the time I kind of left to go to uni. Um, And I got like my first big job over that summer between uh, college and uni. But at that point, I still very much thought of it as a hobby. Um, I remember I'd be like out and my friends would be like, oh yeah, Sophia's going to be a photographer. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a graphic designer. Like I'm not going to be a photographer. Um, And then pretty much as soon as I started a graphic design degree, I realized that I actually wanted to be a photographer and I preferred that. Um, but yeah, it was quite organic. I don't think I really realised that that's what I'd end up be, be doing. Be doing? That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean. <laughs> I got into photography before college, but not really into photography. I was into taking photos, but I didn't really know or have the interest to learn how like the camera works, if that makes sense. But yeah. then when I went to college, and fortunately enough, in my when I was there, we still had like a dark room there. So then as soon as we had that, that was kind of like, oh, now I want to learn how a camera works and, you know, the different settings you can shoot on and stuff like that. For me, because I like there was no kind of photography education throughout my, any of my courses that I did. It was I started shooting digital and I started shooting manual just because I didn't really know that you didn't have to shoot manual, if that makes sense. I didn't know yeah. that there was an option not to. But I always kind of feel as though I wish I had gotten into film photography earlier on because I know that my college and my uni both had darkroom facilities, but I'd never, I've never been in a darkroom. I've never taken advantage of that um, because I didn't get into film photography until I'd left education. So I do feel like that's something that I, if I could kind of go back and kind of explore that, I would have. Yeah, it'd be such a cool thing, wouldn't it, to be able to like go somewhere every day where you can develop film mm. and make prints and stuff like that. It's interesting. Like, I think every like, I'm a graphic designer and do you know? I think I've kind of picked up doing photography more often after I studied graphic design. And I think everyone I know who does graphic design does photography as well. You just kind of <laughs> it's quite a natural thing. You start 
playing around with images and you want to start creating your own and my missus is a graphic designer and she's drawn to photography she's not so much interested in like the you know the technical side of photography but she does photography in order to create her artwork if you know what i mean yeah yeah i feel like when it comes to graphic design it tends to be quite like an all-encompassing kind of art you kind of end up having to know or have skills in quite a lot of different areas so i think it definitely there's definitely a link between the two do you say you kind of learn manual and you never really use like the auto button or whatever it might be do you feel like that's helped you like now with what you're doing when if i tried the other day i did the same thing i tried to put my camera on like p or whatever the thing is called and that's a button i never move and i couldn't make it work i was like (laughs) trying to use the auto exposure thing and it was shooting everything at like everything was coming out really dark and i was like this is terrible why does anybody ever use this yeah I never knew it was an option so I never I think that's kind of a blessing because I know a lot of people kind of get used to shooting aperture priority or whatever mm. and then struggle to kind of learn like I guess it becomes a crutch doesn't it it's something that's very easy to fall back on but it's probably a blessing that I never had that I just kind of yeah didn't know that that was an option <laughs> yeah yeah I feel scared that like the camera especially shooting on film with like aperture priority i'm like i don't trust it at all that like some old camera i've got that that's still going to work when the light meter kind of sometimes flickers off a little bit or whatever it is i just think it's a bit it seems like an odd thing to do i don't know yeah no definitely i feel like um like when i shoot 35 millimeter the camera i'm shooting on is a canon eos 500 Mm. and like I've tried aperture priority on it, but you know, it comes up like obviously with what's shutter speed that it's trying to put it at. Yeah. And I'm just like, in my head, that doesn't make sense. Like that can't be right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. then I just go back to manual and do it myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're shooting on digital as well, it kind of, you can set it so it just ride the ISO up and down. I'm like, why would I want to shoot at like 6,400 if I don't have to? <laughs> Seems like a mad thing to do. But I know a lot of people kind of, like that i did see somebody the other day comment on something in instagram saying oh, i love the grain on this picture and they were like it's digital and they were like yeah i love it and I'm like <laughs> yeah so what so is that your main cat is that the only 35 mil camera you have the canon yeah so that's the only slr i have i have a couple of point and sheets as well mm. um but when it comes to film i mostly shoot medium format and it's okay. it's did, I do a lot of digital photography as well. So, is there is there a favourite, or is it tend to be depending on the job that you're doing, depending on what camera you use? Um, for a client project, digital. Yeah. For my own project film, I think mm. most people would probably understand yeah. why I'm saying that. Um, but yeah, I'm not brave enough yet to shoot a, a client project completely on film. I, I definitely mess up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, have you ever done it? Like. There's a few people I see again on Instagram um, shooting like clothing ranges and stuff on film. I'm like, yeah. that's like, they look cool. They do look like they shot on film. So I think they'll go to this person because they know they're going to yeah. get a certain look and it's not going to be, uh, it's pretty rough and ready or whatever. But yeah, it's quite a brave thing to do, I think. It's definitely brave. That's, that's, that's the right word for it, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I'd just be too worried that it wasn't going to come out. I think I've shot film on client projects, but I've always insisted on shooting digital as well, just for yeah. my own peace of mind. Um, yeah. You know, just in case 
it all goes horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the film gets broken or lost in the post, or yeah, yeah. I just messed up the exposure. Oh, I just there's too much to go wrong yeah. to rely on it. I've, I've shot a wedding before, and it was like, and I'd never do it again. Well, I've shot, to be fair, I did one years and years ago for a family friend, and I shot a wedding a couple of years ago. And it was the most nerve-wracking things. People that do that, fair play. It's just a long day, and you just so. And I'm shooting, obviously, I'm shooting digital, but it's yeah. so. Even when you get the photos back home, like oh, I hope, I hope they're exposed right. I hope I can edit them enough to. Blend yeah. Them. Yeah, potential do with the one. Weddings are definitely scary. I've been doing weddings since I was seventeen, so it's been like a few years for me wow. doing weddings, and I think I just kind of was thrown like right in at the deep end like I'd never assisted anyone on it or anything like that and I just kind of did it and I was working for like this agency that was like recruiting like student photographers and stuff and they paid me like a hundred pound for a full day wedding and I was like a hundred pound for a day and now I'm like oh I can't believe I did that but (laughs) you live and you learn (laughs) yeah yeah I've done the same thing not with photography but with like doing graphic design someone contacted me and was like oh we can give you like what's your day rate I was like yeah we can get work for you and then every job they'd send in it they'd halve my day rate and be like sorry the client can't afford it and because it was quite early on in doing it I was like yeah all right I'll just do it it's still you know money isn't it and then oh, now I'll look back and like the next few weeks but I'll do it yeah, 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 and and they'd be you'd be like really, really working for it as well, way more than probably what I do now. And it's like, I can't believe I did that. You just like you're such a mug. There must be so many companies out there that do that sort of thing. Yeah, but I suppose you got to go through it, right? Yeah, definitely. And I guess for me, like, I don't think I probably would have had the confidence to go into it on my own. Maybe like they dealt with all the client contracts and stuff like that, so for me that was like you know when I was getting my foot in the door that was something that I didn't have to deal with which was I guess kind of good whether it was worth the the money that I would have (laughs) made I don't know but um yeah it was you know things happen for a reason from from an early age or from the the beginning of your photo 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 photography (laughs) career you're already gaining not only like great exposure but great experience through the different work that you're doing and I bet that's something that you can appreciate now further down the line in your career uh, especially understanding how business works and how companies are operate yeah definitely like so like I said about about weddings I think that I would have always been too worried or too scared if I'd left it later on to kind of get into it um, yeah. but because I kind of started doing it not really knowing what I was getting into you know being scared about it kind of didn't phase me as much so yeah, that's kind of a blessing isn't it that I just went into it kind of blind and and did it and then got used to it before I could kind of build up that fear yeah yeah deep end sometimes the best I guess just, mm. just nerve-wracking but yeah so going back to when you was like college uni so that was in Manchester and then you stayed in Manchester so what came after uni then did you get a job or was it straight into photography uh straight I so I graduated last March so oh. Yeah, <laughs> bad timing, I know. <laughs> um, so I went full time straight away. That was always my plan. My intention was always to go straight into photography full time because when I, when I moved to Manchester, obviously I left my job at home and was just doing photography to support myself through uni. And my student loan didn't cover my rent or anything. So it was kind of like a need to do it rather than a, 
like a, a want I guess yeah but also I had a student loan which made it easier for me to kind of almost like gradually get into the industry and like you know even if that is a couple hundred pounds I've got a month to save on my rent it's a couple hundred pounds that I don't have now um yeah. so it was kind of a nice way to kind of get into it and then when I was yeah when I when I finished uni I was able to just go full-time straight away although obviously because we were in the beginning of a pandemic I did worry and I did think about getting another job but yeah. I, I managed to not so far yeah. touch wood <laughs> so how did that work that you you were working well doing stuff through the pandemic or did you find it easy to get work still or this time last year obviously when we were in the first lockdown that was really difficult because as a photographer obviously I was allowed to work from home but mm. there's not much that you can do from home so I started doing a lot more product photography. I had a couple of clients already who I was doing product photography for. And I had some clients that I was going to be doing like fashion campaigns for and stuff like that. And we basically just redesigned what I was doing. And rather than doing lifestyle content and stuff with models, I just got my clients to send me the products and I started doing um, product photography. And I also started taking my YouTube a little bit more seriously during that time. Okay. And I was kind of lucky because I'd been working so much leading up to pandemic like stupid amount that I had savings to fall back on so it wasn't like a yeah proper like obviously I was stressed because I was thinking these savings are only going to last so long Mm. and I don't really want to go in them because they're my savings but at the same time it was a blessing that I had kind of worked so much beforehand and able to save that money and then yeah by June I think things were kind of opening up again Mm. and like work was coming back uh, weddings were coming back stuff like that so and since then it's been you know not as busy as it was but busy enough to kind of keep afloat yeah and I'm, I'm guessing you enjoy doing the the studio shoot, uh, shoots just as much as doing your own personal products as well because you, you document them right you document the work you do as well as your personal projects yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no I do I do try to document like as much as I can Um, obviously some some clients don't want that to yeah. be documented which is which is cool which is why I do document some of my personal stuff as well but I find like YouTube in particular has allowed me to take on more personal projects and let it feel productive. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, it doesn't feel like I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. It feels like I'm getting something out of it at the same time. Um, which is nice. It's like making an excuse for doing what I want. Yeah. yeah. Viewers or listeners or whoever's watching this, how long have you had your YouTube channel? Cause you've had it for quite a while. haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've had it for ages. So I've, Technically, I think I've had it since like 2015. But when I was in second year at uni, I started posting on it, like photography related stuff. And that was really like inconsistent, like once every four months, I'm talking like really bad. And then, like I said, last March, yeah, that's when the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. That's when I was like, well, I've got all this time now, so I might as well start making regular content. And since then I've kind of tried to do regular content I've kind of fallen off a little bit some months but um generally I've been doing regular content for about a year it's a great avenue it's another it feels like another creative outlet it's I, I really do enjoy it people don't appreciate how hard it is to put a video together right so they they think oh mm. that's cool but really no one will appreciate it more than you do when you broke it down you've sat there for hours putting it all together yeah that's not even you know not even mentioning the photography that's going on within it um but yeah I just wondered if it's something that you can use as a portfolio when you're talking to someone yeah no so I have um like actual 
videos that like client videos I have on my YouTube but they're set to like unlisted so then I can list them on my website um but that's like because it's not really content that I share I don't want to kind of like put it out and people be like what's she doing why is she posting this but yeah I've actually it's a funny it's kind of a segue but I actually have managed to get jobs from my YouTube which is something that I never kind of intended would happen but um yeah I've had like not many but probably about five or six people who have found me on YouTube by searching like know press photographer music photographer or something and then hired me off at the back of that which is something I definitely didn't anticipate when I first started it like doing yeah so doing those product shots and like having to do were you already doing them at home anyway like product photography or did it really kind of start off because of the pandemic so I was doing product photography but it was in more of a lifestyle kind of environment so it's more outside with models and stuff like that I wasn't doing product photography on the backdrop with like, you know, styling the products um, until the pandemic. And mm. then, yeah, I started doing it and to see kind of where it would go. And I think I made a video on YouTube about like how to make, how to shoot product photography at home or something. And that was the first video on my channel that picked up and kind of went like, like went up in views. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it got me like a lot of subscribers and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, I guess there was a lot of people at the time looking to do similar stuff so like they're looking to see how to do it or whatever do you have like a setup at home that you can use so you can just it's ready to go or do you have to spend ages like building it up and tearing it down every day or whatever yeah so it's a really simple setup actually so I just have um some it's like kind of like plasticky sheets that are like my backdrops rather than paper backdrops yeah and they're like I don't know how big they are probably like a three ish maybe a bit bigger and I just like put that down and then I've got lights and I've got a speed light generally I just use a speed light because it does kind of the job but I do have um like continuous lighting if I need it that's a bit of a pain to to set up every time but yeah that's you do like a lot of portrait photography as well but is that all well obviously you do portrait work because you're now known for doing portrait work amongst other things of course but when you do the portrait stuff is that usually for a project that you're working on for say like a video on your youtube channel or is that sometime come from client work and you've met people through there that you you're then working with so i i mean i sometimes see that you're you know you post on instagram like oh i'm free next wednesday is anyone available to shoot that kind of thing but i didn't know how it kind of worked together Yeah, so it's kind of a little bit of a mix. Sometimes I do portrait sessions for YouTube or for a personal project or something. But generally speaking, my portrait sessions are all client work. So they're like portfolio updates or press shots. That's probably like most, I'd say like 85% of what I do is portfolio updates for models and press shots for musicians, which is all portraiture. And I guess sometimes people don't know which is which, which is kind of cool. Like you don't know if it's a, portfolio update or if it's a musician pressure up but yeah so most of my portraiture is is actually client work yeah you feel somewhat like pressure doing that because it's i'd be scared of taking portraits all day oh no i love it i really love it my my shooting style is quite candid i kind of just talk a lot and we might have a walk around and we'll Mm. stop if we see something that looks nice (laughs) it's really like relaxed um so i really enjoy it it's definitely my favorite part of my job Oh, awesome. cool. I suppose that's quite nice for the people that you're shooting as well because I'm guessing that's not always what it's like for them they're not always just walking around having a chat taking a photo 
than maybe like going to a studio and doing it or where it's a bit more pressurized yeah I think because I did start like shooting with people I knew and like musicians and stuff that I'd kind of built a rapport with Mm. that has just kind of that kind of um process and that approach to portrait photography has just moved with me as as my career goes on and I've never really thought about not doing it like that I don't know like I'm not sure how other people do it but (laughs) that's just me (laughs) have you got any massive names that you want to drop of like musicians that you've uh worked with just about oh you're putting me on the spot there um i i don't know how like good your like grime knowledge is yeah is it good <laughs> we'll find out okay okay so um do you know flodan or manga saint hilaire they were in roll deep with wiley and all that oh, yeah. there's a song that roll deep did a remix of and i cannot find it anywhere <laughs> And it, it must have been like a B-side or something that I sketchily downloaded when I was at college. But Roll Deep did a cover of, or they used the track of a Kylie Minogue song. Oh, right. I'll be so impressed because I've literally searched for it. Every now and then I'll think about it or I'll listen to Roll Deep. Because I used to be, when I was at college, I used to be really into like Roll Deep and Kano. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Home Street Home album came out and I was so into it uh, and then like followed other people through that um, but yeah this one song it was a Kylie Minogue whatever it was with Roll Deep spitting over it sort of thing and I, I literally cannot find it anywhere I haven't listened to it since college I will find it I will find it I'll make that my mission <laughs> send that and I'll be so impressed I'd love to have that you'll know what they are and I think you'll have an opinion Okay. So the first one is Cinestill. Underrated. I love Cinestill. Why? Why? Not saying like I don't agree, but like, what is it that you love about Cinestill? Um, I just think it's a sick film, isn't it? It's just it's cool. I like Cinestill Eight Hundred. It's I really mm. like like the halations. I know it's overused, and you've got like those. Everyone takes a picture of a petrol station. I've done it, yeah. but I just think it looks good. Um, yeah. I shot some photos up at Old Trafford with Cinestill 800 and I just love how it com- came out um, and I've got a roll of Cinestill 50D that I haven't shot yet um, but the work that I've seen from other people especially like street photographers and stuff using it I think I'm going to like it a lot yeah yeah and I've got a roll of that in your Wonderbox from Analog Wonderland yeah 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 it's still in the fridge I'm just waiting for a decent day to go and mm. shoot it uh, so the next one is just in general Leica. Leica. Well, I don't know because I've not used one, <laughs> but um, I I would love to use one. So in that sense, I don't know. I don't think it's underrated because everyone knows that it's good. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I have to be in the middle for that one. I can't. Yeah. Because I haven't used it, so yeah, fair. I'll be the same. I've never shot a Leica, but it appeals to me because I'm like, yeah, I want to be the, you know, the guy walking around with the Leica around his. Uh, exactly. So the last one, uh, underrated or overrated, is double exposures. Overrated. I I think that people who can pull off good double exposures are underrated because I think that's a proper good skill, but I think just generally, I'm not sure if I like them that much. Yeah, yeah. I tried. I, I did one the other day that was like, "That's what I was planning to do. That's great." But I would also like to see that <laughs> those two parts of the photo. Yeah. Now. 
and yeah so you kind of lose it lose out a little bit but yeah when did, they're done well did you ever double expose using the rb67 oh yeah i've triple exposed i've, <laughs> I've done it all <laughs> i've only i think i've shot four rolls now and i've not done it yet but i think it's because you know when you buy like obviously you're investing in something that isn't cheap and you want to make sure it's right for you I've, ever since i've researched the camera it's been the one thing to like you know don't yeah. do it, don't do it or unless you, unless you want to do it in fact i haven't even tried it yet i might try it but i'm so paranoid about double exposing that i'm i haven't done it yet you know what i mean because it's the first thing i think of as soon as i fire both you know i'm doing both the triggers but um yeah I no i feel like it's a rite of passage i feel like everyone has to at some point like accidentally yeah. do it i thought i, I did it but when i when i well, we, we all use Take It Easy Lab, but yeah, when, when, I, got, <laughs> when I got the film back from them, um, yeah, it was all right. I, um, I am working on a project at the moment. I started a project at the end of 2019 called Homage, and it was a homage to Croydon, um, the people of Croydon, the place, and it was a photo project, a video project, and I was doing it for my dissertation. Mm. And... I, it was meant to be a 12 part series and I got six of them done and the other six was meant to be filmed the first week of April last year ah. but I was in Manchester so I couldn't get there to film it and finish it so because it was my dissertation I had to put out the six that I had already filmed because otherwise I would have nothing to be marked on yeah. Yeah. so that's all on my channel it, this, the first six are all out on my channel but over the last year I guess I've been trying to film the last six um so I'm three I've got three done and I've got three more to do and after that that's going to be like the first season as such and my initial plan was to create a photo book with everything in it and then hold an event where I'd have the people a lot of the people that are featured in the product project event are musicians so I wanted to get some of them to perform at the event and um have you guys been like to like box park or anything like that yeah 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 so that's where i was i was looking to do it in the box right. park in croydon and i wanted because it's a video project as well i wanted to like project it all onto the like into box park into the bar and stuff mm -hmm. like that and have a performing and have this photo book um, so that's definitely still something i want to do it's just going to be like timelines at the moment because of covid and you know when the world's able to open up and I'm able to do that then that's something that I want to be doing again that's and exciting though to have a project like that especially of that kind of scale as well to be working on I guess I was going to ask like do you sometimes feel overwhelmed with the work that you've got to do do you ever just feel like oh I'm done with work now I just want to go home and watch friends or something do you know what I mean <laughs> or is it like well no I've finished work now it's it's only two o'clock in the afternoon should I go out and work on something I'm working on yeah, I think it is difficult. I think that, I think if you ask any creative, like trying to find that balance between like life and work when your work is your life is very difficult um, because whilst I enjoy my job, it can get kind of monotonous and it can get kind, I think with anything, it can get like the pressures of dealing with clients and the client admin and all that stuff you don't really want to be dealing with can kind of weigh you down a bit. But you know, I was speaking to someone about this today, actually, and I said, it's hard for me to complain because I do a job that I love and most people don't have that, you know, that privilege anyway. Yeah. So 
you know, if that's the one little bit about my job that I don't like is that sometimes I do too much of it, then, you know, I, I think I've got it pretty good. I don't think I can complain too much about it. I think it shows in not only your work that you're clearly passionate about it because your work is good, yeah? But even like your like your social media, media presence, like you're always sharing things that you, you can tell you generally support and like, yeah? And that might be because you're working with it, but there's also stuff that you share and support that you can clearly just see you're behind whether it be other photographers or, you know, subjects that are going on, which I think is really good. And, you know, I can always see things that you're, you're posting that are um, motivating for others. Yeah, I think, I think it is strange because it's, I think working in the creative industry is probably one of the only industries where your work and your hobby and your friendship groups and everything you do is so all encompassed by the same thing. So, yeah. you know, a lot of my friends, they're photographers. So it's not like, you know you might go out but you'll also always end up like talking about your work and it's like I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse but it's just it's a really strange thing I'm not sure if all industries are like this or if it's just the creative industry but I think we really do like live and breathe our work a lot of the time. I suppose when you're working with like you said you've got friends that are also photographers that must be motivating because you're surrounding yourself with other like-minded people yeah but do you also get a sense of like or oh, competition here do you know what I mean I'm gonna to brag to them that I've just I'm shooting David Beckham at the weekend <laughs> maybe if I was shooting David Beckham yeah, I'd feel like yeah. that but um <laughs> um no I don't know I don't know I think it's I think it's different because I think that um like art and photography is so subjective that yeah. often people hire you because your work is different or it has that different kind of something that's you in it something and that's something that can't really be replicated and I think that's also something that's difficult to kind of identify within your own work but I do think that everyone's work has a little bit of them in it and maybe that's because you know like we're saying you do live and breathe your work so that's kind of bound to happen but I think when you do that and you're creating something that is unique to yourself, no one can replicate that. So you're not in direct competition with anyone, even though sometimes obviously you are in competition for clients. It's not the same. I don't think it's you the still same. Support your friends, can you, in the same yeah. circle? Encourage exactly. each other. Exactly. Because people no. are, I feel like, going to hire my friends for different things to why they're going to hire me. And, you know, if someone that I know is better suited to the job, then I don't really mind putting them forward for it because if I think that I can't do it or it doesn't sit well with my my morals maybe or my style or something like that, then that's a better job for someone else. And they might do the same for you, recommend yeah. you. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get, like, you post your work on Instagram, do you get loads of those comments of people saying, like, what, what lens did you use? What camera did you use? Because they see what you've done and they want to kind of try and recreate it when actually it doesn't really matter that much because you've either edited it afterwards or it's your own style that you've developed over like trial and error and blood, sweat and tears and all that kind of thing. So like, do you get those comments and how much do you love those comments? Yeah, no, I think you'd always get those comments, but it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like people are a lot of the time those, those comments are coming from people who are learning and trying to get into the field. So they kind of have to go through that process. Like you said, like 
if they they kind of have to make that mistake of buying a lens and thinking that your photos are going to turn out like someone else's mm. and then they're not for them to realize that everyone's style is very different and it's just about how you use that equipment and I don't think that's a waste in that sense either because they're going to create something from that equipment that I couldn't and that I won't be able to because you know our eyes do they just we see the world differently um but yeah I think you do get a lot of people especially when they're just getting into photography like thinking that the gear really changes the outcome I guess yeah yeah. I just it it is that trial and error process isn't it you've just got to go out and take photos and learn from mistakes which you know, I remember when I got my first film camera mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, I want to make sure every shot looks amazing. And I was really thinking about everything, but really I just needed to burn through some rolls of film. And half the time, or I'm probably more than that, it's the ones that I didn't think would be any good are my favourite ones. Yeah. So, I don't know, you, you, learn from your, you learn from your own mistakes, don't you? Yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. you can get beautiful mistakes. So like, yeah. it's, like, it's give and take, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. I think like for me, I've always, from the beginning of me kind of, going getting into film photography I have documented it on my YouTube and even though I look back and I cringe a little bit I'm glad I have because I think not only can other people learn from the expensive mistakes I've made but it reminds me that I've come a long way and so I'm not too afraid of like making mistakes as such like you know I did a shoot the other day in the studio and it's all come back like underexposed and it's horrible, but I'm still going to like post that video because I think it's important to show that like not every frame is perfect all the time. It's good to watch that sort of thing though, like watch other people make mistakes and yeah, and then see how you can make your own, I guess. And Have you ever deleted a video on YouTube or looked back at one like, I don't know, six months later and gone, what, what was that about? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely have. I am... Um, Oh, it just makes me, I don't like watching my videos at all. Um, I was on a shoot on Sunday, I think it was Sunday. And the client, um, we were like waiting for my train. I was in Leicester and I was coming back to Manchester and I was waiting for my train. And he tried to put on one of my YouTube videos. He was like, oh, I, I found that you had a YouTube video. And, I, and then he was like, oh, let's put one on. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to watch myself back ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Whenever I watch back videos, I cringe. You obviously went to college and uni and went from, you know, media studies and kind of transitioned into photography. But as soon as you finished uni, you were working as a photographer. Did you ever get the bug? Like, like I know me and Luke have it. It's like, oh, I want to get this camera now. Now I want this camera. I want to try this film stock. Oh, have you heard about this camera? Did you go through that or was it always, well, no, I need this camera for this job. I, I want this camera because it's... Like, do you know what I mean? Have you gone through yeah. the 200 camera stage? I think when it comes to digital cameras, I've been very much like invested in something because it's what like the tool I need. But when it comes to film cameras, I, yeah, I just want them all. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's quite common. Um, yeah, because yeah, obviously I was shooting on the Mamiya RB67 for a long time. There's nothing wrong with that camera, but I just then bought the Mamiya RZ67. Yeah. And like, I can see myself buying a Pentax 6-7. I can see myself, I can just see it all. Like, do you know what I mean? It's going to happen. My bank balance is going to cry, but. So that was me. <laughs> so you're one of the reasons why I bought the RB 6-7. I've, I've literally shot three or four rolls on it so far. It was between that and a Pentax 6-7. Yeah. But I don't know. I was going to get a 645 camera, um, but I just, it appeals to me. So I thought, even though it's a little bit out of my depth, maybe, 
I've still still gone ahead and bought the RB just because yeah. for me it was attractive because I liked the fact it was fully manual. I didn't have to rely on anything. I wanted to be kind of thrown in the deep end, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go out and test it out and see what comes back. But yeah, it's going well. But yeah, there's still a part of me that goes, oh, now I want the, the RZ, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, no, it's for rest, me, um, that's kind of how I felt about the RB and still do. I think it's a beautiful camera. And the fact that it's fully manual. Because So when I got my Mamiya RB, my extent of film photography was using a point and shoot. Like that okay. was literally it. Like I, yeah, I didn't know anything. I didn't know, I literally didn't know anything about film photography um, other than how to load a 35 millimeter camera. Like that's literally, I didn't know how to load this camera. I didn't know how to meter film. I, I literally didn't know anything. So I definitely threw myself in at the deep end in that sense. Um, but I'm glad I did because I do think that when you do that, you end up learning a lot quicker and probably a lot more in depth even though it's very expensive, like you'll know in film, like to make mistakes, it's so expensive. And to do that kind of trial and error kind of learning technique is, it's painful, <laughs> but I definitely think that it pays off in the long run. Do you yeah. ever think like when, especially when you're like, let's say you're making a video, you know, you're working on a project that you know is going to be a video. Like, let's take that video that you did, um, I don't know how long ago it was now. We'll say a couple of weeks because I'm not too sure when we're putting this out, but it was the one where you were walking around Manchester and you end up taking the shot of the Peaky Blinders set. Mm-hmm. Now, you're walking around filming at the same time, yeah? Because you're filming different parts and you're like, oh, there might be a photo here, so I better film for 20 seconds or whatever. And then, you, you sh- I don't know, let's say that something happens to the role, you get home and you've basically wasted the day and it's not your fault, whatever's happened, but you no longer have photos. Is that a day wasted or can you still use that footage and just go out and reshoot the photos? Um, Has that happened? <laughs> yeah, it's happened to me before, but um, not with a street photography shoot. It happened to me with a portrait shoot. Oh, really? um, about, I'd say like October, 2019. So, or maybe November, I, I got the RB in the October and it was one of my first shoots. And my RB actually didn't work properly when I got it but I didn't know that there was something wrong with the back and the images basically weren't being recorded on the film. So I didn't know that until I took it to the film lab and got back a blank roll. And I filmed this whole video. It was going to be, you know, I was really happy with what I thought the shots were going to look like and filmed with the B-roll and stuff like that and then didn't get any photos back at all. So in that sense, I was able to use that B-roll in and put it into another video because I just spoke about like posing male models and, and use that B-roll for something else. Um, but yeah, that was, it's a bit gut-wrenching when you paid the money and nothing comes yeah. back. That's what, <laughs> do you know, if it just was that, you know, my SD card broke or something and I was shooting digital and I didn't get the photos back, then it's not, you know, a massive issue. It's mm. upsetting, but it's not a massive. But when you've paid that money, it, it does hurt like, break your heart a little bit. <laughs> you took your breath away then. <laughs> First question is, um, what is it? I can't remember. What is, who's your favourite all-time photographer? Dead or alive? That's a really hard question. I don't know how you, you can ask answer that. Um, I know it's quite cliche, but I would say like William Eggleston is definitely one of my favourites. Mm. Um, his work was probably one of the first film photographers that I was ever introduced to when I was at college. And just the way he uses colour, like you'll have heard it all before, but that's just, I, I think his work's amazing. 
but I could I could give you a very long list of photographers that I love the work of and that are, are top contenders. I think it's a difficult question because I think in this age of like social media, you're always exposed to new photographers constantly that I see someone's work, I get obsessed with it and I'm like, yep, they're my favorite photographer. And then the week after you, you see someone else and you're like, oh, they're my favorite photographer. And yeah, mm. I feel like my head's all over the place with that kind of question. Have you ever come across anybody that you really like their work and they're just like, they have like 50 followers and you think, how, why are you not? Like, Probably, like... not that I can think of off the top of my head, but like, I'm sure it's happened where I've seen someone and I'm like, how have you not got any followers or, or whatever? But that's the thing about, about followers, isn't it? It rarely equates to the standard of someone's work. Yeah, yeah. 100%, which is, yeah. to be honest, one of the reasons we want to start from, you know, it was one of the things we, you know, it was mm-hmm. not about having 5 million followers and being a dick it's about being a photographer so like you know we and you know you want to print your work and you do it but anyway we're not talking about front yeah yeah um so the next What's question next? was i don't know if this is a bit weird bizarrely worded but who is who do you think is the hardest working photographer today but you can also just be like who do i want to give a shout out to if that question doesn't really work yeah, but you, you do have an answer from- it can be yourself, it can be your <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that is a tough question because, like, I think the people that you probably think work the hardest are the people that you see active on social media and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so people that, like, are documenting the kind of work that they're doing regularly, you're aware of how hard they're working maybe, regardless of, like, whether or not they're working harder than other people or not. Mm. Um so I think that is a tough question to answer, but yeah, I think I do have an answer for this, but it's like three people that come to mind straight away when I think of like yeah. people that work hard. Yeah. Um, you know, Valandes, obviously he yeah. documents a lot of his stuff on YouTube. So you kind of see his work a lot and see him working hard. Yeah. Um, similarly, Mike Gray, I think he's an amazing photographer and he's just constantly producing like amazing work. Um, Isha Shah, who is a London-based photographer, she uh, same again. She just is always putting out amazing, like high-caliber work on a regular basis. I think, I don't know, like I might be wrong, but I think those three are some of the most hardworking photographers that I can think of. So the other questions. So, top three films. Films or TV shows? Let's 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 throw TV in there as well. Okay, that makes it easier. Films or TV shows recent films or tv shows that you've been watching okay um so i don't know if you've seen it the good wife is like my all-time favorite tv show it's like a law drama thing yeah Um, i feel like my missus watched that but i haven't seen it oh i love it it's my mum used to watch it when i was younger like before i was old enough to like watch it and um when i got old enough to watch it i like binged it all and then like fell in love with it and it's not on anymore there's, there's like a spin-off called the good fight um which isn't as good but i still love it because it's like reminiscent of it yeah. um i'm also really into you know the f1 documentary on netflix oh yeah do you know what? that's in my favorites at the minute but i've not watched it yet i'm watching oh, it have you not? it's really minute, good but... yeah, yeah that's that. really good i like that a lot at the moment what's that called it's called there's three seasons so far and each season has like 10 episodes or something like that. Um, I don't know what it's called, but you'll see it if you type in like F1 or Formula One or something. Um, But that's really good. I'm really enjoying that. 
I got a shout out like one of my favorite films Goodwill Hunting I watch that all the time that's yeah. I love that yeah. um I feel like that's almost a cliche like I feel like a lot of photographers like that film um <laughs> but yeah I like that one a lot I think I like anything like filmed in that kind of era where like the color grading obviously it, a lot of it is shot on film and stuff like that um yeah. I like that sort of thing yeah, I watched that recently it was it I, I text my mate and was like I'm watching Goodwill Hunting and he's like why the fuck are you watching Goodwill Hunting <laughs> like watch it again it's really good yeah great film so the last question is the same but for album is it for... yeah yeah so, yeah top three albums that you're listening to yeah. okay um Handle with Care by Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn. They are really good. I really like them. I've shot them at some of their events, some of their gigs a few times. Um, you feel more pressure shooting like people that you like, like you can almost fangirl over, do you know what I mean? Fanboy over as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I've met them like after the shows and stuff like that. Um, and generally speaking, I'm pretty okay at speaking to people, but like, I think the first time I spoke to them, I was a bit like, don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't, my words are like fumbling. Um, but yeah, their new album is, is, is sick. That's a really good album. Uh, kind of similar, uh, Not Waving But Drowning by Laurel Connor. I don't know if you know Laurel Connor, yeah, but yeah. he's a Croydon boy. Um, that's an amazing album again. And then another Croydon artist, Jazz Karras, who I've been honoured enough to work with a few times, her EP, so it's not an album, it's an EP. Um, mm-hmm. Summer Stories, I think that came out like last year. Uh, that's got to be up there as well, for sure. Is there anything you want to say to the 11 people that are going to watch this or listen to this? A leaving message of inspiration or anything that you're working on that you want to give a shout out to? Anything you want? Um, you put me on the spot there as well, but... Um... I just want to say thank you for having me and like thank you for listening if you are listening and um I'm excited for front to become a thing and for all the things that are kind of to come with this kind of like me being an ambassador and me like supporting you guys and and watching you grow so I think it's going to be really exciting thank you thank you no thank you